morning and welcome. It is Monday night. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. Britt, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you right off, right from the top here, my teeth hurt a lot. I can't, like, if I click them together to make the T sound, I have an issue. So it's going to be a problem tonight, just so you're aware. Did you get punched in the mouth? <laughs> no, no. I actually had my teeth cleaned today, and the hygienist that did it must have had something against uh, uh, me. I guess I don't know, but the, those those pointy tools that they used to get. She was like, I think I could swear I felt them coming out the bottom of my chin. She was digging down so deeply when she was cleaning my teeth today. But I do have very freshly cleaned teeth. That feels kind of good, but there's a little pain involved. Brad, how are you? Good to see you back. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sorry to hear about the dentist. Yeah, boy, what? What? See, I, I you know, <laughs> usually go every six months, and I got out of my sink a little bit because of the COVID thing. They canceled an appointment, and I didn't reschedule right away. So it'd been over a year, and I went in, and they made me pay. They made me pay big time. This was a retribution cleaning, I'm sure. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that sounds different than my my dentist. My dentist uh, last time I went, they were like, "Are you cold? Would you like a blanket?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, give me a blanket. I <laughs> I haven't been to the dentist in 24, 25 years. That's insane. That's insane. Yikes. No, no cavities, so no we, nothing, we, no I, bloody gums. I, I hear an L, but I, I see a, an L no, cartoon. No, I'm here. I see an L cartoon. No, I'm sorry. Well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't know if that was a compliment, but yeah, thanks anyways. Uh, <laughs> no, I am. Um, <laughs> In fact, now that I think about it, um, I'm having some technical difficulties with my camera. I got a new camera, so I may or may not be a cartoon for the first <laughs> bit of the stream and come in in a minute. We will see. But for the time being, this is my uh, okay. kind of digital representation. Sorry. No, it's okay. It makes you kind of like a, an action hero or something, uh, you know? Um, well, thank part you. of the um, again, I kinda, I that's a compliment. I, I that's do that for me. I'm just going to keep accepting your compliments. <laughs> that's fair enough. All right. them as such. Welcome to everybody in chat. Thank you to every, uh, everyone for joining us here in the program, no matter which of the uh, platforms that you're on. We are, of course, on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on DLive. We are on Foxhole. We're on Rumble. We also have the podcast version of the show. We have the Roku channel. And I would highly recommend, Brett, as we said last week, that if you watch on YouTube exclusively, if you're subscribed on YouTube exclusively, make sure you go to one of these other platforms and set up an account and subscribe as a backup, if nothing else. We know the day will come. Brad was just telling us a story about his struggles with YouTube. We've had a, a suspension of ours already, and uh, they've YouTube has announced very recently they're not going to put up with any any kind of what they call disinformation or misinformation. And we know that's rather Riff arbitrary. Raff. Yeah, so we will we will end up in that list at some <laughs> point, Brett, and, and people are going to need another place to go uh, because I think once that happens again, we may not come back to YouTube. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. I guess. Yeah, you know, if we can find a way around YouTube, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, why should we keep giving them good quality content that we get? That's right. We'll give Damn. it to somebody else who like respects us. Speaking and of whatnot, spe and what? Oh, <laughs> what ah! is on fire? Are <laughs> 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 the dueling stream decks? All right, um, let's get started dueling with this. Stream deck. So Joe Biden spoke today. He and, and and you know it's always going to be a dangerous show when I've had a chance to watch a Biden speech and sit down with an editor and go through and edit the speech up to clips. I've really tried to be conservative in my approach of which clips to use and which ones just to leave on the cutting room floor, if you will. But there's a bunch to go through here. Uh, Biden decided he had to come out today and give a 15-minute talk about how 
bad the Republicans were and how irresponsible they were for not raising the debt ceiling, despite the fact the Democrats have the full ability to do it all by themselves. They don't have to have one Republican vote to do it, but they know it's not a very popular thing, so they want Republican buy-in. But Biden's series of comments are rather disturbing, as they usually are. We're going to go through these. Um, This is cut number one from Biden's speech today. So let me be really clear. This is really important to know. Raising the debt limit is about paying off our old debts. There's nothing to do with any new spending being considered. There's nothing to do with my plan for infrastructure or building back better. Zero. Zero. The reason we have to raise the debt limit is in part because of the reckless tax and spending policies under the previous Trump administration. In four years, they incurred, they incurred nearly $8 trillion. In four years, $8 trillion in additional debt. Brad, whenever I see him speak, I mean, I, I'm going to hold that still up there for a second. Just take a look at those eyes. They don't look like an, the yeah. eyes of a man that's fully conscious, do they? Um, not to mention the fact that the two main points in that particular clip, one is that uh, this debt limit, uh, raising the debt ceiling, has nothing to do with new spending, he's saying. That's an absolute lie. That's absolute bullshit. And the second thing he says there, and the reason they have to raise the debt ceiling is because the reckless spending of the prior administration. That's another lie. That's heaped upon top of the lie that they've been saying for the last few weeks that this uh, $3.5 trillion uh, spending plan actually costs zero. So the, 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 the manure is getting pretty thick here, Brad. Yeah, it's always, I mean, gosh, you mentioned his eyes. It's always, his eyes always look like that. I've, I've been saying this lately in conversation about um, just, you can tell, I don't know how people don't get this, but you can tell like if someone's lying to you or not being truthful or whatever, it's always in the eyes. And I always see it in his eyes. It's either like a glazed over look or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, it's always it's look the the I, I feel like the the left has nothing left to say other than it's Trump's fault. They keep falling back on it. It just that's the go to thing. There's literally no uh, enthusiasm for for Biden. You know, if you if you find yourself in a conversation with somebody who did vote for Biden, it's He's well, he's better than the last guy. <laughs> and, and and that's what he's doing here is like, well, we wouldn't have to do this. It's it's always Trump's fault. And, uh, you know, that's all they, they seem to really have as an excuse, as a as as a way forward. You know, I don't know what else to say. I didn't even watch that thing today. Yeah, it's, it's pretty spectacular. I watched the whole thing. And again, <laughs> tried to limit the number of cuts I took. I could have played the whole speech. We could have had a field day with that. I do want to show something that Mark Levin uh, actually um, addressed, I think it was on Hannity's program last week at some point. It may have been Friday, may have been Thursday, but he actually addresses both of these issues in this cut. Mark Levin addresses the idea that this debt ceiling, um, attempt to raise the debt ceiling has to do with what uh, Biden says, old spending. And he also talks about the blame Trump thing. Here's, uh, here's Mark Levin. The tax revenue continues. We get about $320 billion in a month. The federal government does all forms of federal taxation and user fees. And yet the debt service is a little over $44 billion a month. $320, $44. There is way more than enough to pay for the debt service. You've been hearing Democrats, you've been hearing fools on TV say things like, this is to pay for Trump spending. No, it's not. Raising the debt ceiling is for future spending, 
on future programs. It's not for past programs. They talk about Social Security. The way it works is if we do not have an increase in the debt ceiling and you have $320 billion coming in, the first amount of money is to pay the debt service, $44 billion a month. Then Social Security and Medicare are paid as a matter of federal statute. Federal pensions are paid. And then beyond a few more, then the politicians have to work out the rest of which is paid. Oh, isn't that too bad? They're only getting $4 trillion a year, but they want a lot more. So I'm just making the point that the debt, that the, the credit on the debt, the full faith and credit of the United States cannot be violated unless the Treasury Secretary and the President do it purposely, which is a violation of federal law and the federal constitution. Mark Levin, um, you know, he's not in the government. He's he's a he's a talk show host. He's a very smart man, one of my favorite people to listen to, L. But he points out very clearly there that if if they do not raise the debt ceiling and they have to spend only what they bring in, there is plenty of money to pay the continue to pay the debt. He says $44 billion. I even checked his numbers. And he says there's plenty of money to actually handle the uh, mandatory responsibilities of the federal government. It's all the discretionary spending that starts to get iffy. And then the Congress would have to figure out what their priorities are. Uh, this is not the crisis right. they're pretending it is, El. No, it's it's 100%. Again, sorry to everyone who's watching. I got a new camera and I'm having some technical difficulties. I'm trying to troubleshoot, but also in the meantime, I'm just my cartoon form. And thanks to Shadow, uh, Shotgun Shuffle for that. But uh, this whole debt ceiling thing is 100% political theater. Um, <laughs> this is pretty accurate representation of me, if we're being honest. It's all political theater. <laughs> and to, to be quite honest... Uh, we this happens pretty much once a year where there's some sort of gridlock there's some sort of oh they're not going to do this this is because so and so uh, biden at the beginning of his administration said or his occupation rather said that he was going to the buck stops with me when there's a problem i'm gonna not blame anybody else and that's been just a complete and total farce obviously so far but it would just like you said it would just mean our government would have to reprioritize its spending which they are uh, unwilling, petulant children when it comes down to that. And um, that's about it. Really. I want to point out something else uh, because, again, in that first cut I played of Biden, he said that this is to pay off the massive amounts of debt that the reckless spending of the Trump administration. I'll remind you of two things. One is for two years of the four years, <laughs> for two years of the four years of the Trump administration, the Democrats controlled uh, the House of Representatives. So uh, Biden didn't or Trump did not have the ability to spend money on his own. But here's the other thing. This is the dirty little secret. Look at the two presidents, and now this might be a little bit hard to read. You've got Donald Trump on the top line, Barack Obama, whose vice president was Joe Biden. Look at the percentage of the change of the debt for each of those two presidencies. Donald Trump, the, the debt increased 33.62%. Under Barack Obama, the debt increased 69.98%. Barack Obama's spending and def deficit spending specifically, Britt, was significantly more impactful and significantly higher than what Donald Trump was spending. And remember, the last year of the Trump uh, presidency, he had to spend, what, four, five trillion dollars because of the COVID situation? That's, that's yes. a good chunk of his total deficit spending. So we all know that I, I really like Trump. And I really liked his presidency because he did exactly what I wanted him to do, go in there and be the bull in the ivory tower and knock stuff over and kick people out. And I love that about him. 
He spent way too much money. Barack Obama spent way too much money. Bush spent way too much money. They all spent way too much money. I was hoping that Trump would have been a little tighter on the financials of our country. But he is the only one that went back to Lockheed Martin with the $35 billion F-35 airplane fighter jet thing and said, uh, you guys are overcharging us. Give us some money back. And they did. He's the one that saved us all kinds of money with his <laughs> negotiating and buying parts and stuff for our military and for just the infrastructure of our federal government. So he did save us a lot of money, but then they did spend a lot of money and they spend way too much money. Um, as to blaming this on Trump, I mean, that's what they all do. The, the, the guy that's in the seat always blames the guy behind. I'm really surprised they're not blaming it on Bush still because, I mean, I mean, Obama wrote that for a full eight years, and he still even talks about how Bush left him, whatever. So it's just what they do. They need to stop spending. And I, 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 I just, I wish we had republic. I wish we had Republicans that would hold the line. Hold, right now, the Democrats are holding. Are the the two Democrats, the Cinema and Mansion, are holding the line. That's all we have is those two well, to hold the line from this going through, and they're doing it. And the only reason so they, thank God for that. Yeah, and the only reason they can do that is because the 50, or yeah, 50 senators are doing it as well. If one of those 50 Republican right, no, no, senators... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here's another yeah, cut. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. All right, here's another, here's another cut from uh, Biden's uh, comments today. <clears throat> so let's be clear. Not only are Republicans refusing to do their job, they're threatening to reuse the power, their power, to prevent us from doing our job. Their obstruction and irresponsibility knows absolutely no bounds. <clears throat> Excuse me, especially. Uh, Brad, I put that cut in there because of the cough thing. And yeah. I, 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 let's I, be clear. Well, I just, I, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been saying, and I've got some cuts later that are going to talk about this more specifically, but I've been saying for a while, you know, these trips to Delaware that he's been taking almost every weekend? I think there's a medical procedure going on in Delaware. I think this man is being treated for something. And this cough that he's exhibiting more and more frequently is a symptom of whatever it is, either the treatment or whatever he's being treated for. That's my theory. I keep seeing more evidence that supports it. I am speculating here. I don't have any inside information, but I'm noticing it more and more. Yeah, I don't get the uh, – there's literally no rhyme or reason to uh, his health protocol. He went out to the baseball game uh, a few days ago, and he, he, he was out there maskless, getting all face-to-face -face with everybody in a stadium full of people. But then like a few days before that, he made sure he had his mask on for his booster shot when you know he was up there on stage with just the nurse. And like, he's like, oh, I got to get my mask. And then uh, like – even with his coughing too, like he'll he'll take off the mask, and then he'll he'll cough it up in his hand, and you know it's just weird. And I for sure I would I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, you know we all we all kind of assume they're doping him up with something to keep him going every single day. I mean I I, I would. I mean, we were all even surprised just to be like, oh, he's at a baseball game. He's out late for his age. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. You know, it's all speculation. They're doing a good job hiding it. But you can tell when he's a little bit more on and when he's when he's zoned off and, and petered out for the day and th the, the way they carefully craft his days to to cut him off before it gets too late in the day. That's why we were so surprised the other day. It's like, wow. 
you know, seven o'clock in the <laughs> evening. That, <laughs> Living the life. We don't see them out in this light very much. Uh, here, here's a here's another cut from the comments. We're not expecting Republicans to do their part. They made it clear from the beginning. We tried asking to no avail. We're just asking them not to use procedural tricks to block us from doing the job that they won't do. <coughs> Meteor is headed is headed to crash into our economy. L. Uh, there's another cough, um, but he's saying in that particular cut, uh, we just don't want the Republicans standing in the way from us doing our job. They have the votes. They can they can raise the debt ceiling. That's not a problem here. Um, to paint the, the Republicans being obstructionist on this is, is one more item in the list of items that is just completely disingenuous, if not a complete outright lie. Oh, absolutely. You're 100% right about that. I mean, the thing is, is that we've seen... Uh, the Biden occupiers from the get-go have been ruling by executive order. They've been ruling by loopholes, by weird, obscure OSHA laws. And any, any, any single time they have to uh, do anything where they keep claiming, oh, it's bipartisan. Oh, this is something that everyone wants. This is something that we all need to do together. Uh, they, they run into hiccups and um, that oh, it's all of us in here together, that whole little narrative is falling apart very quickly because it, cl clearly these things are not bipartisan. And unless they can rule by executive order, which in this case they can't, uh, they, they are running into hiccups. But again, like I said before, this is all political theater. They can, of course, uh, raise the debt ceiling anytime they want to. This is just a way for people to grandstand on the right and the left and to say, oh, you know, we just we just wish our, our hands weren't tied, but they are, you know. <laughs> but I mean, this, this happens every damn year almost. And it's it's someone needs to just put grandpa to bed and let him stay there <laughs> brett, brett here here's another in my humble opinion yeah no it's 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 an opinion shared by many uh here's another cut from the from the speech today democrats are willing to do all the work stopping it republicans just have to let us do our job just get out of the way if you don't want to help save the country get out of the way so you don't destroy it we don't have time to delay with elaborate procedural schemes, which Republicans' proposals require. Um, the elaborate, the elab elaborate wow. procedural schemes he's it's talking so about. The, the elaborate procedural schemes he's talking about is votes on the Senate floor. That those are the elaborate procedural schemes he's blaming Republicans uh, of wanting to pursue. So let, let let's go down a little a little history lesson on how our government works. I mean, I wish I had the, the, the schoolhouse rock music to play or something. <laughs> uh, people vote for their representatives. They send their representatives to, to the lower chamber. People vote for their senators now, not the states. They go to the upper chamber. You got to work with what you have. And right now, there are 52 senators who are listening to their constituents, and they're saying, hell no. And get out of our way. What are you talking about, get out of our way? I didn't, I didn't vote for my senator. I didn't vote for my representative to get out of your way to let you do whatever you want because what you want to do is destroy this country. What you want to do is Marxism. What you want to do is the collective. It takes a village for the greater good. And the greater good means we kill off the old. Oh, Como did that quite well. So did China. The greater good means the weak get, get, go away, the sick go away, and we only keep the strong. Is that what you want, Joe? Because you should be called from the herd. If you want to go the collective for the greater good, 
I'm not getting out of your way. And I swear to God, the Republicans that I will vote for and I will send my hard-earned money to are the America First uh, Republicans and Independents and Libertarians. I don't Actually, I don't even care if you're a Democrat. I, if you're America First, I will support you. And right now, our country is slipping away. We, the people, are watching history being made right now. And I pray to God 100 years from now, they don't look back at this time frame and go, that's when America died. And that was on our watches here. Um, Mark Levin, yeah, Mark Levin, uh, kind of sums up this whole thing pretty well in this, uh, the final clip I have on this particular section. They're not going to default on the debt. Social security will be paid. Medicare will be paid. The pensions will be paid. And what the Democrats really want is an open checkbook to spend whatever they want. And to the Republicans, uh, credit, they've said no. Um, I want to point out what Mitch McConnell said in a letter today to Joe Biden just before Biden gave these comments. He said the Republican position is simple. We have no list of demands for two and a half months. We've simply warned that since your party wishes to govern alone, it must handle the debt limit alone as well. Uh, Brad, either uh, Mitch McConnell is, is playing genius chess here or he's just he's just being, uh, you know, stubborn because he feels like he hasn't been included in the process which do you think it is any opinion on that uh i don't know mitch mcconnell i i don't really pay much attention to these days um <laughs> i i will say that i'm glad that i didn't watch that his uh joe biden's speech today um because <laughs> I, I i i saw that clip and i was like I'm like, what? Like, he's like, look, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. You just got to get out of the way. And I'm, and he, you know, he's speaking that way because you know that he's speaking to the, the, the people that are listening. He's programming them to be like, yeah, it's the Republicans' fault. Like, that's all that that rhetoric yeah, is yep. there for is to be like, look, uh, the Democrats, we're trying. We, we're, we're going to get it done. But, the Republicans are making it really hard. They just gotta get out of the way. Of course, he doesn't talk like that. But I love it. That's what I, I wish think. he did. I wish he did talk like that. I love it. Be much more entertaining. It reminds me. Yeah. It it reminds me of Spicoli from Fast Mo Times on Ridgemont High. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, RL in our in our YouTube uh, chat pointed this next point I was going to make out. Um, in this particular article about McConnell, McConnell's letter. Um, he says that Republicans are trying to force Democrats to raise the debt ceiling on their own using reconciliation. Now, I remember an early, earlier article where the Senate parliamentarian told the Democrats they had one more use of reconciliation this year. Obviously, the Democrats have been planning on passing the three and a half trillion dollar bill using that reconciliation. If McConnell forces the Democrats to use the last reconciliation opportunity they have in 2021 to raise the debt ceiling. And they do it and they don't have another one to pass this three and a half trillion dollar bill and has to go to next year. L, is that a genius move by Mitch McConnell? Uh, you know, if he does manage to pull that off. I will be a lot more pleased with Mitch than I've been for the entire year and most of last year and uh, pretty much any time before that, actually. Uh, I hope that that's what he's doing. I hadn't quite considered that angle. That's quite not 
I hope so. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's how it's he's playing this, kudos to Mitch McConnell. I mean, I didn't give him that much credit, but as this starting to take shape here, and I saw RL mention it as well, and I had it in my notes, this could be a, a way to force the Democrats to use that final reconciliation opportunity, and then they can't start talking about this $3.5 trillion until next year, during the midterm season when they know people are going to start paying attention a little more closely and they won't be able to do this uh, at that point like they were able to do it now when people aren't watching. One more thing here, Britt, and then you can take it. Biden, through his campaign trail and of uh, portrayals of Mitch McConnell and other GOP senators, Biden has built a brand as someone who can at least talk to Republicans. Britt, did anything you heard in those clips I played today make it sound like Biden is talking to Republicans, like he's the great unifier in chief that he claims to be, like he's the guy guy that could put deals together and make the country feel like we're united again and moving forward as one nation? Is he the guy? What what article, what newspaper did that article come from? This came you from know, Politico. Yeah. From Politico figures. So basically we're being gaslit. Uh, what they're spewing right now is, is not for us here on the show. People that listen to us, um, we're too educated for that. Uh, but what they're, where they're directing this is to the masses of the uninformed, the, ha the half asleep citizens that just want to go to work and they don't pay attention. They see what they see on, you know, NPR in the morning and maybe a little Facebook, something scrolls by. That's what, that's who they're targeting right now. And it works on them because they put it out. Media, the various outlets, like I've explained many times, you know, they hear it on NPR in the morning, something to scroll by from the Washington Post on their social medias, and then they see it on ABC Nightly News with David Muir or something like that. And they think that this is coming from three different sources, and so it's got to be true. So the Republicans are the Republicans are stopping all this. The Democrats can't do anything about it. They can't save us. And it also helps that the left of the tracks people are socialists. They are collectivists, takes a village, they, they love Mao, they think it's going to be utopia because they are, no one is old enough now to remember the Mao days or the Lenin days or the Cuba days when it fell from what it once was, which was a lot of resorts and a lot of party town for the Hollywood types, now it's a shithole. Venezuela, same thing. So they, they uh, that's who they're directing it to and it works, that's why they're doing it. We're pulling our hair out right now. I mean, I, I can see Brad just, I can just see the, the rage inside him and another song is going to come flying out because of the stupidity. Right. But it's not directed towards us. It's really not. They don't, they have written us off. What they're doing in New York, they have made it, they have made it, they know that the leftists, the lefties in New York, they will get the passport and they will survive fine in New York under the authoritarian boot because leftists love nothing more to, than to lick boots of authoritarians. They want to be told what to do because they are ashamed. They are afraid to make their own decisions because they don't want to be responsible for anything they do in their life. They want to be able to point to someone else and go, it's your fault. You made me do whatever. So they don't believe in freedom and liber liberty like we do. So moving on. So kind of in the same vein, but a different country. I, I read this this morning and I thought, wow, finally, China doing what China does. So uh, China is tightening is tightening uh, the political controls of its internet giants. So basically, the tech they're cracking down on tech. It says the ruling Communist Party is tightening political control over China's internet giants and and tapping their wealth to pay for their uh, to pay for its ambitious uh, programs to reduce reliance on U.S. and European technologies. Basically, 
China's going to, you know, they sucked in all the technology. They stole it all from us. Now they got industry they can take over, you know, and they sucked in, uh, Brad. And I'm going to you with this, Brad, first. They, I think they've sucked, in China's mind, they have sucked in all of uh, all of our people, our business people are like, oh, China, open market, 2 billion people. Let's, we can make money and got them all in there. And now, now they see that we are weak and it's like, okay, now it's time to do what China does. And they're going to take over these, these huge companies. And, you know, all these, all these CEOs thought that they were going to get fat. All these investors thought they were going to make money off of China. And China's like, no, we're just going to take it. So you're saying that China is, is going to take control of like Facebook and Twitter. It sounds like they're starting their own thing. Cause if you look at it, uh, the, the platform Al Alibaba, Alibaba, that's in China, Alibaba, shit, yeah. Alibaba, that's Alibaba. Jack Moss, yeah. uh, words are difficult. Words are difficult for me, JV. You know this. I do. I do know that <laughs> but, well. Why not? But uh, all yeah, there we go. But there's also a lot of the game platforms of the gaming companies that make all these games that we play. That's over in China. A lot of technology is now built in China, and then they ship it to us. But it's mm -hmm. this weird. It says in here that um, that for 20 years there has been no. Uh, Where's that? There's for 20 years there's been no really regulations over, it, and China's just let them do their thing. So all these people are getting rich. They live outside of the country, obviously, but now China's moving in and going to do what China does, which is authoritarianism. They're just going to take over, and then they're going to run it. That's what it seems like to me. So I guess my question to you, Brad, mm -hmm. does it make you sit back and kind of grin a little bit that these that these big company businessmen who thought they were going to go run roughshod over China and make a bunch of money and then leave with the with the gold are getting basically run over themselves by the country? <laughs> well, it seems like... China ends up taking over everything, doesn't it? Um, for as long as we can, you know, we've had electronics at least. And so it would make sense that at this point it would be social media. Um, yeah, I don't know if it makes me happy. The whole thing with social media, I mean, I'm too busy worried about American social media to care about what China mm -hmm. does. I mean, I wish we could just sort of get our own act together over here because it's clearly a problem. We're becoming China anyway. I mean, you you can get removed for, you guys know, everybody knows you get removed for the most ridiculous things right now. Um, and, and that's what I would be more concerned with is America's social media platforms becoming China controlled, um, whether that's literal or uh, hypothetical, it sure does seem like that is what's happening. So I just wish we could get our act together here. I mean, the whole thing, Facebook shuts down today and everybody goes, oh man, Facebook's it. I'm over here going like, I hope it just dies. I hope it doesn't come back. Because I, I, I feel like- You tweeted like that, right? I saw that. Yeah, I, I would not be like sad in any way if Facebook or Twitter or any of them went down. I think that that would be a key component to a great awakening is social media goes so. away. And then everybody goes, oh no, for a few minutes and then a week goes by and they're like, you know, this actually isn't that bad. I'm getting a lot more done. I'm not distracted. I'm not mad. And then like a month goes by and they're like, I don't ever want it again. I'm happy again. This feels like 1994, <laughs> you know, like before we were all sucked into Yeah, like, the, like, like I feel like the way social media and technology has progressed over the last two decades has gone so fast. We, it's gotten out of control. We haven't been able to regulate it the right way, or we just have taken it and destroyed it ourselves because we can't handle it. But it's been going so fast that at some point, like today, I was hoping today was the day that 
uh, it just tanked. And then we have to regress about two or three decades and go back to like a more analog world again, where we're all sort of just like, oh yeah, we got to look at maps. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a real book it, of maps. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and write a letter to each other and reconnect on a on a more analog well, way. What was that? What was that Bruce Willis movie where they they were operating the robots? They were like in their pods in their homes, and then the whole system. Bruce Willis blew the whole system up, and everybody came walking out of their homes like, "Wow, the sun! What is this?" And because they were always in their pods, running their robots out in the real world. What was the name of that movie? It's actually a pretty good movie, but it's kind of like what you're talking about. We're so into the social media and staring at our phones and our computers. It would be nice if it just disappeared. Um, L, I do want to, I do want to take note of your kitty cat that's now in your avatar. Thank um, you. She's normally uh, behind nice. me, so I wanted to just, you know, add for some realism. So that's yeah. Um, there we go. There, this is yeah. She's little cat, or also known as some cat I know. So she's here <laughs> with me now. <laughs> some cat I know. That's awesome. All right, so moving on, L. Um, so this China thing, and, and I want to pick up on something that uh, that that Brad just mentioned about the social medias. I mean, Facebook went down for three hours today. Of course, they said it was a glitch in their their updating, mm -hmm. but it's also starting mm -hmm. to spew it. Andy knows been uh, tweeting about it. Why not that this was actually a hack? But a hack. I mean, Facebook gets hacked, and they do grab our private information from time to time. But this was a hack of such a. I mean, they shut Facebook down for three hours to fight this, whatever right. the hell was going on. I mean, what information were they going after that Facebook felt the necessity to nuke the whole system for three hours? Well, I mean, you could try to answer this question from one of a few ways. Obviously, there was the 60 Minutes episode that aired uh, just, I guess, last night where they were talking about how uh, Facebook won't censor speech because they want to, you know, drive profit. And th then, of course, it came out later that I think it was like some, some 1.6 billion or I'm sorry, 1.5 billion people's uh, information was sold on a uh, forum today right after Facebook shut down. It was data that included like usernames and emails, phone numbers, locations, gender, user ID. Uh, so I, I'm imagining some sort of... Um, Hillary with the bleach bit situation was happening today in Silicon Valley. Uh, but I don't know if we'll ever know the full uh, scale of what was uh, deleted or, or quote unquote stolen uh, today, but it certainly was some uh, suspect timing with everyone and their mother suddenly calling out for Facebook to start censoring more. And over the last few weeks, we've even seen a lot of stories like this kind of mounting where, uh, we, I think we even talked about on, on your show where it turns out, you know, they don't actually uh, censor some of the conservatives that claim that they're being censored the most and, in fact, promote them. I think Facebook's just kind of become the sacrificial lamb for both sides, uh, but especially for the left because they, they're they using it now as a kind of a catalyst and as a uh, platform to say, we need to censor more speech and we need to do it across all social media. And if you recall a few months ago, uh, even Jen Psaki was saying uh, random garbage such as we should be able to, if we ban someone on one platform, we should be able to ban them on all the platforms. Right. I, I feel like this yep. may or may not have something to do with all this. If you look at the data that was taken, if you look at the, the 60 Minutes episode, the previous statements from Jen Psaki and the kind of mounting criticism of Facebook in general, it seems like it might be the sacrificial lamb and uh, or, well, might be the 
the protocol for the way forward where they'll come out as the kind of um, the, the, the perfect uh, example of what it should be uh, in, in the future moving forward. I don't know. Like it, some things just don't add hmm. up and this one certainly doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. And then JV, I, I saw this uh, info flow across. Today. So the whistleblower that uh, the 60 minutes whistleblower. Um, yeah, yeah. She donated 36 times to Democrats, including uh, the anti-primary <coughs> extremist of AOC. So she's a she's a hardcore Democrat. Also, just 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 food for thought. This is my general rule of thumb. Uh, craziness is all in the eyes. Her eyes happen to be too close together. So if you're a dude thinking of dating her, run, 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 run. She is crazy. And this also works for dudes. Eyes are too close together. Eyes are too wide. Run, run, run. But anyway, JV, she's a Democrat, but yet she's the one whistleblowing on. It, it just And then all this stuff happens at three hours today. What Elle just laid out, the stuff, Pasucky spewing her stuff about bad. It just seems, it just seems too packaged. It seems like a psyops from our three-letter agencies again to me. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm having trouble. Well, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding what this means here. Uh, including to anti-primary extremists. What are anti-primary extremists? I've never heard that phrase before. Does anybody know what that means? Yeah, neither. I will look I that know. up and I can fact check you in a hot, like 30 seconds. Okay. I just don't understand. And then, and AOC. Um, so she's a Democrat. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't ever really trust uh, folks who become whistleblowers and then, you know, spend the next 48 hours on every single news channel they can possibly get on. Uh, you know, the, who was the, the woman in uh, in Florida that did the exact same thing, was, was supposedly whistleblowing on DeSantis, and she turned out to be a fraud, a hoax. Um, so I don't really know, oh, and yeah. I, I haven't really been following the story. Quite honestly, I'm, I'm kind of with Brad on some of this stuff in the sense that I don't, I spend very little time on any social media any whatsoever and the little bit of time i do spend on there is because i feel like it's a, it is it's only use to me is to help let people know what we've got coming up on the show etc i don't i don't post you know my eggs that i made for breakfast this morning i don't post you know any pictures of pets i don't post pictures of the car that i just washed at the car wash i, you know, I don't do any of that stuff i don't care people don't i don't see why anybody would have any interest in my stuff like that because i certainly have no interest in theirs so as far as my concern about all of this, listen, I'm going to I'm going to defer to you guys on this whole that looks packaged. It may relate to things that are being said in the White House, et cetera. I'm I am definitely concerned with those things that are being said. I am horrified when I hear the White House press secretary say, if you're banned on one social media, you should be banned on them all. I'm horrified when I hear the White House pre press secretary say, we, we're working with Facebook to to weed out misinformation and, and ban people who are spreading it. These are, these are phrases that are Leninist, Stalinist, Hitlerist, if that's a word. Um, these are scary things. And they're happening not in, in backroom discussions anymore. They're happening in mainstream press conferences from the White House itself being cheered on by the media. I So this is what concerns me the most. And I've, as far as I'm concerned, the longer these platforms go offline and stay down, like Brad indicated, I think the better off we are as a society because as much as they were a useful tool, as much as they were an innovation, as much as they allowed us to connect with our second cousins we haven't seen you know, in 10 years, um, 
they're doing more harm than good at this point in a lot of ways. They've become the public square and they have mishandled that responsibility immensely. They have almost single-handedly made a democracy cease to function the way it's supposed to function. So I'm not right. shedding uh, any tears that they went down. I don't know what the cause is, but uh, I, as Brad was pointing out, we need to rethink our digital existences. Right. Uh, silent, silent act great in uh, the foxhole chat said she's whistleblowing, but she's saying the exact opposite of what we're saying. She's saying Facebook isn't doing enough censorship. She's saying that Facebook is purposely showing extremist messages in order to get people angry and clicking. Which I would yeah. agree with that. I, I I know that I know that I see a lot of angry, st a lot of stuff that pushes my buttons. The AI has figured out. Brett, it seems like you want to say something. Do you? Well, yeah, kind of. I I feel like all media right now, anything that's on TV, any stories that are being pushed, any mainstream mainstream story, is is crafted for the audience that is still watching it. They know we're not watching it. You know, they know we've all found alternative sources and we're doing our own research. But that I think that that a story like that um, that's presented in a mainstream way. Oh, Facebook whistleblower came out. Number one, I think it's there to combat with all the whistleblowers that Project Veritas has been releasing uh, because they need to continue to sort of continue to, to knock them and, and make them seem like they're not legitimate to their audience. Say, well, we've got our own whistleblowers here and then a whistleblower comes out and they <laughs> set up a sort of, a sort of narrative that suck. i think i think that that these these stories get pushed out in a way that it doesn't matter if they're even real or not they're just there to shove a, a narrative through the system for for their viewers specifically because it's all programming right now i think they know that the conservative right people aren't really watching this we all saw clips of it i didn't watch it i've seen clips of it but the the people that sat down to watch it to absorb the information to really think about what they're saying those people are primarily left democrats that want this narrative fed to them. So it conditions them to accept that that is reality. While we're over on this side, questioning things and again, doing our own research, looking at other avenues. So that's what I sort of think that the purpose of this story is. A, a commenter sort of pointed out all of those sort of discrepancies with it. Right, exactly. And JV and, and, and LJ, I got one small thing, JV, and I'll give it back to you and you can do what you want with it. But so, so, uh, reading what the what the silence said in Foxhole and whatnot to get people enraged and get us uh, uh, to create chaos in our streets, so to speak. I run across this article today that I'm reading, and a, a Soros group pours five hundred thousand dollars into a campaign to oppose reinstating Austin police units that were defunded. The advocacy group funded by liberal billionaire financier George Soros has dumped 500000 into a campaign to defeat a proposal in Austin, Texas that would bulk up the city's police department. Proposition A, it's a ballot. It's on the ballot uh, for the November 2nd election, backed by the group Save Austin Now, will require at least two Austin police officers for every 1,000 residents, etc., 40 hours of additional training, yada, yada, yada. Basically, George Soros L., is funding the opposition to this so that they don't get police, so that they stay defunded, so that the chaos continues. When will people wake up that this is an evil dude and he needs a SEAL Team 6 visit? <laughs> well, 
uh, I hope they do it soon. Uh, George Soros is, of course, um, not one of my favorite people. Uh, he's just he's just one of many uh, people that are dumping in a lot of money. I was looking at, I was looking up the whole term, you know, uh, uh, anti-primary activist uh, to find out what that actually means. And so, uh, what it looks like in, in this National Pulse ar article is it's uh, people who want to uh, derail the U.S. primary process, uh, which includes a guy, uh, sorry, uh, Jonathan Zucker. Who basically their whole uh, stipulation is that because primary uh, mostly conservative people vote in primaries here, uh, that a, a, a hyper partisan group of people uh, control a, a majority in Congress. They of course they love to spin these things as many ways as they can, but it's all about uh, fomenting uh, resentment and distrust in our institutions and in our police departments, in our uh, election systems. Uh, Soros, Soros is one of them. The ADL is one of them, it, it, and they just have endless time and money to do these kind of things. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I wish that you know the the Koch brothers and uh, <laughs> and and the su supposed right wing uh, big funders w were the evil geniuses and evil cretins that <laughs> you know, the left claims they are because honestly it was just the other day i can't remember what it was that, but the the Koch brothers came out and were speaking in favor of like you know like new pronouns and, and things like that and it's just like they are every i mean it, it it serves almost no purpose to point out the hypocrisy of of the leftists but it, sometimes it is helpful to just you know give a, a a bright shiny example and this is one of them where they'll they'll sit there and claim that it, it's all these like dark republican funders that are that are destroying everything when in fact it's their own and soros i mean i mean really i think every pretty much everything that's ever been said uh that about soros has already been said but it, it cannot be overstated just how uh how much time this uh seemingly uh immortal man has on his hands and he will take as much time as is needed to to continue to destroy institutions like i you know said previously but yeah no he um i, I, mean, I mean his son Alex definitely... soros is in he's in his 30s though you know so george soros is in his 90s but freaking alexander soros his son is in his 30s and he's just as bad if not worse so uh, we've got a yeah, long dynasty so... soros is <laughs> ahead yeah, they, they need to be dealt with. They absolutely need to be dealt with. JV, uh, comment on any of that stuff or go down the road that you want to go. I, I don't have a lot of comment on George Soros. I will I will say when I look at things like that, though, and I look at uh, an effort to block or to, to uh, counter a, a ballot initiative that would refor restore funding to Austin's police, I just don't understand the value in that from any perspective. I don't understand the value... I mean, we know what what's happening with crime, and I suppose, and I know the answer here is going to be, well, that's what he wants. He wants chaos. He wants this stuff. I don't know. I I just can't imagine um, how the people would even be influenced not to support a return to some type of uh, um, um, normalcy when it comes to policing in any of our major cities, particularly. But you know, I've been scratching my head about this since the first time I heard defund the police, and I still don't. I can't figure it out. Um, changing the topic here. I want to talk about Joe Biden and how he appears to others around the world. I've often 
used this program or these programs from uh, Sky News in Australia as a reference point. Australia is certainly riddled with its own problems right now. But on the Bolt report over the weekend, um, a an analyst named uh, James Morrow was talking about Biden, and he made a couple really, really good points here. There's some suspicion that he may have had some medical episode that's not being talked about at some point, you know, in the last year or so that has seen his cognitive facilities uh, decline. We really have to wonder how long can Joe Biden last in office and is his best defense basically the uh, idea of President Kamala Harris? A couple points, Brad. One, he brings up the something that we just talked about a few minutes ago here about the fact that those trips to Delaware... I suspect there's something medically going on there. I think there, he's going to he's being treated for something there. Um, this is a guy that observes the same thing. Um, plus, he mentions is Biden's best defense the only thing keeping him in office right now? The fact that the alternative is even worse that would be uh, President Kamala Harris. Well, they're sort of setting us up for that for a long time. I mean, we've all sort of seen it coming, and you you see it sort of slipped in every now and then. Even I think even Biden said called her President Harris numerous times so um yeah i mean at that i think that that day is going to come sooner than later i don't i i would be surprised if he makes it through a whole first year of his presidency i really don't think that that's possible i mean i feel like they're trudging along you know just this week old man i have a whole series i posted it the other day where i take clips of joe biden and i I um, dub over Neil Young's "Old Man," that old that song, "Old Man Looking at Me," and I put that song over these clips of him um, that are whatever's circulating at the moment. I take out the audio, put that song in, and then I I put text over it of like old man stories and things. Like there's one where he's sitting there at some at one of the tables, and he's like, "That guy got I've been waiting for thirty minutes for my soup, and that guy got his." before i did and he said but like my point is that in these segments you can easily make him look like this weak old man like if you took out the if you took it out of context he would just look like a, a weird exactly <laughs> <laughs> like he always looks like he's straining to read and like I, I mean it really goes hand in hand with what i was talking about earlier like you can really just tell when they've pumped him up with the juice and he's there and he had a good speech and you know then you can tell when he doesn't have a good speech and he, and he goes along and then he, i shouldn't say that you know like who what president does that like thinks out loud and then ultimately concludes his words should be ah, maybe i shouldn't <laughs> that, that's not confidence that's yeah. not a leader that's my biggest beef with this guy is like he's not a leader there's no he shouldn't be there and it's so dang frustrating and the fact that we know that we have even less of a leader and kamala harris coming up at some point soon because when she steps up to the plate it's gonna she's not gonna know at all at least joe biden was a vice president at one point he might not remember it but <laughs> at least he was there you know and kamala harris it doesn't have any experience in, in you know that kind of leadership so if she steps up to the plate we're like in big trouble James Morrow hate her too. James Morrow went on to uh, add a couple more comments here. I don't think he makes out his full term, frankly. Um, he's, you know, he's an older fellow, but he's an elderly older fellow. He doesn't seem fit. He doesn't see, you know, he's not vigorous. You look into his eyes in those clips, Andrew, and there's that sort of, you know, dead 
black eyes sort of thing happening. We've talked about the eyes a lot on this program, and there they are. When you look at the, and I don't put it up there to be funny um, because it's very scary, but this is the look in his eyes more often than not when he's talking, and it really looks like the man is barely connected to consciousness. It looks like he's doing his best to read the teleprompter, which he gets worse and worse at. It looks as though he's, you know how, how when you're really tired, your eyes just heavy, and he's got that look going on. But as you said, Brad, this, Brad, Brad, this does not look like a leader. Uh, and James Morrow uh, points it out there. Again, these are folks from Australia talking about our president. Um, I'm sure, not, Al, they're not the only ones around the world that have this opinion. No, and you see the, you know, in the in the non-Biden uh, coalition uh, areas of the world and in the media, you, you see those uh, ideas starting to spread. And obviously the, the Build Back Better agenda and the Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset and all, they're, you know, they're all in the same camp. But there are people that are absolutely, uh, you know, breaking apart from this narrative. They're generally silenced or smeared as conspiracy theorists. But I mean, anyone with a half-functioning brain, uh, which would include everyone pretty much but Joe Biden at this point uh, can, can see, you know, zing, but any, anybody with a half functioning brain can see that, that he's, they just pump him full of meth or whatever uh, to get him through uh, the, as few sentences as they can have him uh, state every now and then they refuse to take questions. They panic anytime anyone else tries to go off the, off the uh, prescribed narrative and, and, uh, ask him questions or ask anyone around him questions. He lashed out the other day uh, at, a, at a reporter who was just asking something very simple, but I can't remember what it, but he just, just absolutely lashed out. And again, it's not funny, but it almost kind of has to be, you have to laugh or else you'll cry because when my grandfather was, uh, uh, my grandfather passed of Alzheimer's uh, in, in September of uh, 2019. And, I mean, anybody who's been there with a family member uh, before has seen this progression and it's it's very painful. And it would be, I would feel a lot more sympathy for Joe Biden. Uh, did he not have, did he not have his prior history and were, I mean, he's at least in some part, even if he's not all there all the time, he's in, at least in some part complicit in knowing what he's doing. He's not just like some, you know, innocent poor guy they're taking advantage of i mean he's been set up for this moment and i think they thought he could handle it for longer than he has been able to because even if you go back and watch uh clips of him talking and uh, like you late last year maybe in september october leading up to the election uh and the installation of the biden occupation uh, he even sounded more put together back then than he does now and even back then we were noticing all of the things that were just exceedingly apparent to everyone but they're they're clinging to a life raft that has uh you know about 20 percent of the air left and um, the titanic song is playing yeah. and uh they're all just going wow what a pretty boat you know it's gonna take us to safety but it's not um it, it's it's sad but also, again, I have almost zero sympathy for Biden at this point. So, fuck him. Yeah. It's sad, but fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> one more, one more observation from uh, this James Morrow on the Bolt Report in Australia. Really, honestly, I'm with you. I don't know how much longer he can last. I don't think he makes out his full term. Um, I suspect they try to keep him going at least through the midterms next year, and then 
swap him out and try and have some other plan to uh, to keep the White House in 2024, because those 2022 midterms next November at this stage are not going to go well for the Democrats. We've said it on the program as well. Uh, he They're going to try to keep him in there through the midterms, Brit. Um, because uh, they need to have what little stability he offers through that point. And after that, they're going to lose uh, what at least the House. And after that, um, they can put Kamala in there and that won't and they can try to set her up for reelection in 2024. Listen, before I let you take it in comment, I do need to address a comment in our Twitch chat about uh, Trump's um, increasing of the national debt. And I want to point this chart out again to who is it? Uh, Metastopheles or Mestopheles. Um, if you look at this chart, you'll see that Donald Trump did indeed raise the national debt debt by 33.62%. Barack Obama raised it by 70%. Um, and you have to remember that Donald Trump had to spend $6 trillion to, uh, to fight coronavirus during the first um, year of coronavirus being with us and the lockdowns and all of that, which greatly attributed to the debt. And we did criticize Donald Trump. Now, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. You're wrong. Um, and we did criticize Donald Trump earlier. In the, no, he's wrong. Whoever this guy is is wrong. Uh, we did criticize Donald Trump earlier in the program for spending as well, because I don't care who does the spending, whether it's a Republican or Democrat. If they're spending like that and they're increasing national debt like that, it's not good for this nation. It's not good for our future. So we've been consistent on that. So you can comment in on uh, the first term or the, the midterms, all that, whatever. Yeah, I, we, we've been we've 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 been down that road many times on this show, and yeah, they're, you're right. They're trying to get to the 50 yard line, then they're going to switch quarterbacks, and hopefully Kamala could take it into a second term. But uh, you know what? I hope they run Kamala because she's just as unpopular as Hillary. Yeah, she's just as unpopular as Hillary, so that means Trump will win. Um, but I'm more worried about that that this particular article. National divorce is expensive, but it's worth every penny. I am seeing this conversation pop up in a lot of places now. It used to be just kind of me running my mouth and some people crazy as I am or more crazier than I am. But I'm starting to see regular people like like the Posobics, the the Tim Pool types, the uh, uh, David here, um, who are, you know, I mean, they're in the industry and they've been around. What's that again? Jesse Kelly. He's talking a lot about that too. Yeah, Jesse Kelly. Yeah, Jesse Kelly. So, Brad, I'm seeing this start to pop up in more regular places. But, you know, I, I look at this red map, and I think I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay with this. You know what? Let mm -hmm. the let the big cities have their big city crap and let them do their thing, and we'll go off and we'll do our thing. Our, where, where are you in this thought process, uh, uh, Brad? Because it's, it's starting to pop up, and it's going to be a thing, I think. Yeah. Well, I live in Texas, so we've been waiting to become our own thing for a while. Um, but I'm, I'm on board with this. I, I, I mean, like at this point it, it, in this stage of things, I even, I posted about it like a month ago and I was like, can we just get there and just become the, you, uh, what was it? The, we'll have two, two sections. We'll have the United Free States of America, and then we'll have the safe and effective States of America. And they can go and do whatever they want to do. Just like you said, good luck. Best to you. Uh, we'll be over here doing our own thing. And I, I honestly, like, I'm fine with that. Take all the little blue areas on that map, shove them over to California and whatever they want over there. The rest of us will just move along because I there 
there is more of us out there. There, if you look at just the reactions online, and you talk about you know the whole eighty-one million votes thing and how ridiculously absurd that is, and you see zero enthusiasm online, you see biden's youtube thumbs up thumbs down ratios all the time like people will argue those aren't real uh gauges of reality but it's like wouldn't you see like just this onslaught of things like i was saying the other day why doesn't why doesn't joe biden have his uh his a big rally to make up for all the rallies that he never had because <laughs> 81 million people he could have a like concerts are, are bringing in people. Just show your, your vax status at the door and make sure you're vaccinated. All of 80, all the Joe Biden voters can show up in, the, in this huge stadium for his big rally that he never was able to have because of COVID, of course. But like, I feel like we need to set an example. I mean, I would love for us to call out and, and have that because I think like that, that, people need to be woken up every day like people like us are online and we're posting these things and we're trying to snap people out of it but i feel like they need to realize if we really had a divorce and we said you go over there we'll stay over here it would be a small amount of people shifting on over to, to california or wherever it would be that we'd put them it wouldn't even really it would be like one state maybe i feel like and and that would be it. And most most people, and maybe I'm giving most people too much credit, but I feel like most people have enough, I would hope, common sense left in their brains to to be like, no, I'm not going over there. That's insane. I want the United Free States of America. <laughs> but I don't know. That, that that's that's what I would hope for. So L, I'm gonna throw Brad's question to you. Are there enough are the people how many people how does this split? How many people do you think go to the to the to the safe and communist states versus the the free and a little risk state, but you can thrive? I mean, how does that split? I think it's about 3366, roughly 64, right? Something like that. Um you know, I feel like if it came down to it truly, even the people that say that they love their 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 blue cities or their blue sp blue states, I feel like uh, they'd all probably want to flock to red states. Uh, and I don't want to go too too long on this because I know that we're you know. Uh, coming up on the hour, but I do want to say that just because the national uh, divorce talk is kind of expanding a lot, uh, very rapidly here. Um, sorry. So, uh, this is part of, uh, my, uh, crazy person graft that I started, uh, last year, uh, on, ah, sorry, on a, a website called graph commons. And it started, ah, sorry. Like I zoomed out way too far. I started, with this project called the Transition Integrity Project, which this is a project that the uh, that the left put together before the election. It included a whole bunch of people, John Podesta, uh, Eric Schmidt, Steve Schwartzman, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. You remember when he got caught on CNN masturbating on camera? The whole reason I feel like that happened was to distract from his uh, involvement in this group, but it was the Transition Integrity Project. And what they did, uh, to show you this, this is an old document of what they did, um, they gamed out possible election scenarios this this was published on august uh, 3rd 2020 they gamed out possible election scenarios uh for the 2020 election and came up with different ideas for what they would do if uh trump won versus if biden won and again this is some of like the most evil and manipulative and corrupted people in, in the country uh were involved with this and 
they had four out, uh, outcomes that could potentially happen. Sorry, I'm scrolling through really quick. There was a game one. They did four different uh, games. You know, like they did the pandemic games, like the, you know, uh, Claydex and Event 201. Well, this, they were doing election games too. Uh, game one was for an ambiguous result. Game two, clear Biden victory. Game three, clear Trump win. And then game four was a narrow Biden win. But in game one with the ambiguous result, which essentially meant that Trump won, but there was, you know, they could contest it or whatever. Uh, they actually pushed for a national divorce. So I just wanted to go ahead and put that out there for anyone listening because the the talk is coming up more and more where they're saying you know you see a lot of people on the right just saying you know what maybe we should just like call it you know maybe we should just call it uh yeah, and they're gonna start the they're gonna start claiming this is some sort of like right-wing like extremist idea well guess what they said it first and you have some of the most active uh you know max boot david from michael osterholm uh john podesta uh jeffrey tubin you have rosa brooks uh donna brazil you have some of the most prominent leftist democrat names on this thing where they said if trump won by an ambiguous win which is essentially the opposite is what's happened now that this is exactly what they would do they pave out a clear path to national divorce and say that uh they would want to split the, the states and have uh uh, Biden declare himself like the leader of like it was like California, Washington State, and uh, so. Anyways, they've already done this before. They planned out for this before, and if Trump had wow. managed to become out the victor, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you the links to this if you want to look at it because it, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, but if y'all. So they me. they gained this out already where they said if for some reason essentially what happened with biden had happened instead for trump uh where it was like you know a lot of people were questioning it but they they called it for him that that was the path they were going to take and you have some of the most prominent prominent powerful uh and, and connected people saying that that's what they were going to do so i think we should just take for once in our damn lives take a leaf out of the democrats book and follow through on a national divorce i'm done with it i'm over it uh it will be messy divorce is messy but everyone's happier on the other side fuck them that's basically yeah, my I uh, agree. my my phrase of the day is fuck them all of them <laughs> so so jv we've had this talk and you're you uh i'm just gonna lay this in your lap about the national divorce and what your thoughts on it are well that was tried once as well and it didn't end so well either. 650,000 Americans lie dead on battlefields around the eastern part of the United States. Um, it did not end well because the federal government under Abraham Lincoln did not allow it to happen. Do you think it would be allowed to happen this time? I doubt it. And I, well, but, way but. many more Americans would end up dying this time around. Secondly, um, Abraham Lincoln also said something that was very, that was very profound, and uh, he was absolutely right. I mean, we look back at these these monumental figures in history, and they they knew they knew whether they understood modern times or they didn't, but their their ideas and principle were, f were spot on. And Abraham Lincoln said, "A house divided against itself cannot stand," and that's true as well. So. You, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that puts us. Um, I don't see an armed rebellion. I don't see a national divorce. I don't see any of that. I think I think you, you know, again, we're talking about a situation right now anyway, that is eight months old, nine months old. And we've reached an extreme already. I mean, we haven't even been through one election cycle to try to correct it. I'd say we kind of need to wait to see what happens when we get through an election cycle to see if we can correct any of this stuff before we start talking about 
splitting the nation in half or whatever. Because quite honestly, it, it doesn't do either of us any good. It doesn't do the left side of the country. And I don't mean that geographically. I mean that politically. And it doesn't do the right side any good. Um, and you're, you, I think you pointed it out, Brett. I think you pointed it out before. This isn't a North v. South. This isn't a Mason-Dixon line type divorce. No, This not. is a, every city no. is going to be, have components of both. And, um, you know, not yeah. the major cities, which are going to be 90% blue. However, uh, this is a very, very different approach to this. And um, I, I'm scared to think what would happen if it actually is pursued in any serious way. Yeah, well, I'm just uh, I'm just shocked that it's starting to pop up in more mainstream areas. Uh, yeah, okay, of conversation. Can somebody the, can somebody just only, give me a because I don't pay attention to this because I consider it to be chatter. But what's the mechanism for which what you're thinking this will happen? Is the mechanism states seceding from the union in an orderly fashion? Is that the mechanism? I, how else does it happen? I don't know if it can go states. I'm going to pull this. Then photo it can't back happen. That's my point. The, uh, if it can't go by states, no, no, how does it no, happen? Jay, so, so Jay, this is how well, it, this the, is how this is how I see it happening. I see it happening where you're going to have an area of people, particularly in the country, like the town of Cooperstown, if it wasn't so leftist, um, like that, uh, 15, 2,000, 4,000 people in that little county area up there, and the ATF's going to come up and go, you need to give up your guns. And they'll go, no, nah, we don't do that here. We're not listening to you guys. Get the fuck out of here. You know, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Okay, all right. Okay, I get your, okay, I get your point. There, there's, Let me I'm count. Just, I'm just I know, saying, I, know, I get it. I get it. Let me just comment like, on like that. Califor like like California said, we don't we don't do anything with immigration in California. Right. It's the, the same thing. Out. That's not. That's I, have, not an I have an actual answer for you guys if you want it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> we can't see you, so it's hard to know. Try it. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Uh, in, in the Transition Integrity Project, what the plan was was not necessarily to say states secede from the union, but the idea was to foment as much uh, a desire for a quote-unquote national divorce and to uh, vote to severely restrict uh, executive branch powers and to apply more powers uh to states and to declare uh biden in this situation as as a sort of parallel president of his own little coalition there and they would then uh vote to i guess basically like how they did dodgeball in school you know where everybody picks their teams or whatever <laughs> i guess the teams pick their leader but that's exactly how they do it it's yeah. not necessarily to like have states leave the union but to basically to have two concurrent, uh, like two co-presidents you know, of two different kind of nations working within the same one is weird. Well, when you look back on history, there's always, a, you know, the the abolitionist movement, the this movement, the, that movement. There's all these movements that were that are just, you know, in the scheme of history itself are really uh, only occupy a very small time of, of history. But at the time, they seemed monumental. I kind of view this as one of those. I kind of view this as this is monumental to us because it's happening in real time in front of us. But in history, it's going to be a footnote because I do think the pendulum is going to swing. This doesn't address a lot of the other things we've talked about on the program. But just as far as the disaster that is the Biden administration, the left's policies that are pushing people so far to the edge and radicalizing them, that's going to that pendulum is going to swing. I'm pretty I feel good about that. I feel confident about that. And maybe that will diffuse some of this. I don't know. Time will tell. I do want to move on. There's a Democratic uh, former staffer for O'Biden that was featured on one of these Australian <laughs> news programs. And she was asked, she was a Biden supporter, and uh, she was in the Obama White House, and she was asked about uh, what she was seeing 
with the Biden administration? Even though they knew it was going to be tough going with Biden, I think most of us, we were hoping he might make it through the midterms. Now, it's not so much about the midterms, but it's about, well, if we get rid of him, what have we got and what do we do? Yeah. So she recognizes the disaster that is Kamala Harris, Brad. She also recognized. Now, you know, you can get we've got plenty of Republicans going on CNN and MSNBC saying all the things they want them to say. So this Democrat could very well just be saying the things that got her the position to be able to talk on here. Who knows? But again, I come back to these ideas that Biden's not going to survive after the midterms if he makes it that long. And Kamala Harris will be the next president of the United States. Does she have a chance to get reelected? Do you think she changes? She's hired two, apparently two PR firms to improve her image. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I just, I think it's sad that we even are are discussing like, like we're we're all over here trying to uh, figure out the game plan. The game plan is just like we're talking just the conversation a moment ago. Uh, the game plan is just destruction, I think, even like with the national divorce conversation. Um, like even if that was on the table, I feel like it would it would be on the table as something that we'd be striving for for like 30 or 40 or 50 years, but never actually achieve it while the nation just continues to unravel. And I feel like it, it doesn't even matter. Like as we're talking about, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, it doesn't even matter if if Joe Biden stays in the office, it doesn't matter if Kamala Harris ends up becoming president. The whole thing is whoever's behind these people, the whole point is destruction, I feel like. So whatever we're, uh, you know, fighting for or we're after, or if we decide enough, you know, you guys go over there or we don't like that president, the whole point is to get it, get us all flustered, you know, and get us all mad. Ah! <laughs> And here we there are. There he is again. Yeah, those eyes. Those eyes look so but, vacuous. But there's like a there's like a narrative that they keep sort of crafting for everybody to consider. It's like, oh, what will that be like? So by the time it comes, we all just know it's there and we just accept it. And and that keeps happening repeatedly. And and you know, to you uh, something that you said a minute ago about like, oh, it's been eight months. We shouldn't just jump to. Uh, divorce. I don't think it's been eight months. I think it's been like 16 years. You know, I think that it's been a couple of decades now where I think looking at uh, after 9-11, I think things started really started to unravel slowly like a sweater. And we're just, you know, right now we're the top of the sweater right here. And that's what's left of what we were formerly as a country. And so I think that that's the goal. I, I don't I don't know, you know, regardless of who's president, I don't think that she would to, to come back around to your your question. I don't think that she would get reelected because I think she'd just do an awful job. Yeah. But my goal, my hope with that would be that she would do such a lousy job. It would wake people up. But I don't think that it will. That's the problem yeah. is like you hope it's sad to hope for for a leader to do a lousy job in order to wake the people up. But they're not going to wake up. You know, we see it every day online. You're like hoping like where wake your brain up. Like this is not a things good good things are not happening right now. I'm going to change this to a lighter topic, L, because this is kind of funny. It was mentioned in our chat room. Um, an NBC reporter at a NASCAR event was interviewing, I guess it was the race winner, Brandon, somebody, I don't even know, I don't follow NASCAR. 
Um, and uh, the crowd in the background was yelling F Joe Biden, as they've been doing throughout college football stadiums around the country. And this reporter, instead of just kind of ignoring it or whatever, she tried to claim that instead of yelling fuck Joe Biden, they were actually yelling uh, go Joe Borden. Wait, what's what is the let's go, Brandon, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. The, let's go, Brandon. Um, I don't know. You think she just made a mistake here? Couldn't understand what they're saying? Or do you think this was an intentional uh, uh, way to change what was actually happening in front of her? Um, I think it's a pretty good. Um, sorry to whip that up real quick. Uh, I, f- I feel like it's just a pretty good example of the media in general uh, lying to your face in real time in no way, shape, or form would anybody, like, it, it sounded nothing like Let's Go Brandon. Uh, I feel bad for Brandon himself. Again, I don't even know his last name. I feel bad for Brandon because he was excited and, and it, I guess, won or something. But, uh, but, but it's just a clear uh, kind of break with the media and reality in real time. And uh, then, if you give me two seconds, it was really funny because then Twitter, of course, went on uh, damage control for uh, good old uh, good old Biden and said, hang on just a second, sorry. But they're just saying, you know, like, because at this point, it's undeniable. They've basically uh, pretended like this chant and this whole kind of uh, show of displeasure uh, with the Biden administration doesn't exist. But obviously, because everyone was talking about this, it was trending super hot. Uh, You know, Twitter, of course, in their little sidebar uh, starts to really put their spit on and they're like videos emerge of a post-race interviewer telling nascar winner brandon brown the crowd was chanting let's go brandon as an anti-joe biden chant featuring a derogatory word broke out at the sparks 300 at talladega on saturday which i mean yeah i will totally agree oh that joe, uh, you know you know joe biden is a derogatory word so they did get that <laughs> part right but uh like it's it, the the spin machine was in full like and this is this is just another one of those things you can just see how the cracks are forming and how they're so fragile and they're so unwilling to accept any sort of criticism any sort of outside uh, anything that that you know they're they first went after Nicki minaj because of some tweets now they're going after i mean this is just two examples but you know on a short list Nicki minaj over some tweets now they're going after uh you know a random crowd at a, at a game that no one would have watched or, or uh, they're not nascar games but you know what i mean nascar races right uh uh at a nascar race that no one would have watched over a chant that a few people have been doing uh because they're so threatened by any sort of sp- <laughs> speak me it, out <laughs> against the regime it, you- that, some, that some people at a nascar race or at a football game chanting fuck joe biden they're so fragile that that's such a huge existential threat to them that the 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 spin machine uh from the media from twitter and and even from media people who are saying you know that that there was an article that came out a couple weeks ago that was saying chanting fuck joe biden you know could be a a call to violence and it might be illegal yeah. like yeah right yeah like it, the full yeah. machine is coming out to like say you can't do this yep. but uh oh hell yeah we can and by the way let's go brandon and fuck joe biden That's um, all I did, you see, <laughs> did you see the next day after that they posted of uh one of his videos on twitter on joe biden's twitter of him at the baseball game and i specifically no- noticed their editors piped in a couple of girls saying 
We love Joe. Oh, seriously? We love Joe. Yeah, I'm mm. like, oh, there you go. Bless your hearts for trying. Oh, that's funny. That's really, really funny. And they even put the words at the bottom. So you knew that's what they were saying. <laughs> that's but like, hilarious. I'm like, still. That's we're so like funny. two days away from them adding a laugh track. I yeah, swear. Uh, exactly. Like I know. Exactly. All right. So I've got two more quick. <laughs> so, very, very, what, you guys? I've got two very quick ones then. Well, no. It's on top of this FJW, FJB. Not only was it at baseball or football, now it's at NASCAR and at the Riders' Cup horse racing. It broke out. Oh man! Hell yeah! Horse racing. Eighty-one million. It, wow, that's insane. Wow. That's a that's a high flute so. kind of situation there. You know. Okay, so I'm not going to spend any time on this at all, really. But I did want to mention if Joe Biden has declared war on showerheads, get ready for the low. Uh, what is a two and a half gallon per minute showerheads to make their return? Trump had overturned this or it had the uh, the Department of Energy change this rule so you could actually have a shower the way you want to have a shower. But uh, no longer the Department of Energy is now going to be enforcing these these uh, these um, austerity showerheads so that you can't get a good lot of water. I don't understand why they think they can come into my bathroom and restrict how much water I allow pouring on my body when I take a shower. Listen, I need a lot of water to get clean. I need a lot of water and a lot of water pressure <laughs> to get clean. And uh, they're going to interfere with that. And then the last thing, Britt, and you can comment on either one of those two comments. Playboy celebrates the first ever male cover model. A huge deal for the LGBT community. And Britt, my only question to you is, doesn't that kind of defeat the whole point of Playboy? I mean, isn't Playboy not? Yeah, to, I'm a little confused. Not by to it. disparage any of these people that want to do that thing, but isn't I Playboy will. supposed to be about naked, good-looking women? I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Or is it know the articles? Is it the articles? <laughs> know your audience exactly, Brad. But couple, number one, I didn't realize Playboy was still around. I okay, thought, let me I clarify. That went the let me way clarify. of the dodo bird. They ended the print version of the magazine. They have an online version of the magazine now. Got it. Okay, because I was going to say, if I'm going to look at porn, I can just get it free online. I mean, why do I got to get a magazine? But Okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, number two, I thought they had Playgirl for, I mean, I, I don't get I don't get it. Yeah, but I, where does does a does a male there, there's, changing there's, to a female belong in Playgirl or Playboy? It's, it's very confusing. I don't know. There's so much I want to say, but I'm not going to because it will get us nuked. I, I just I don't understand where we're going. I, the commercials we see today, the shows we see today, that everything is so slanted. I just I I wish I was a billionaire so I could start my own network, make my own wholesome movies, and put them out for people to watch. Good old school stuff. I I wish, but I don't. And I really don't have any. I mean, I have a bunch of other stuff, but it's pretty more. It's pretty in depth. I don't have anything quick. So oh, we have twenty three minutes. We over. have an important announcement, though. Oh, we do. Yes, we do. You want to let? No, us I want you to. Better at the mouth. Than I, I want am. you to, so I can. What? So I do that every once so, in a while. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we've been uh, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. We are now going to be doing a Tuesday and Thursday show, same time, but it's going to be uh, more long form, more Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan-esque, more uh, big picture stuff, you know, uh, and then we're going to have people on that, uh, you know, can run their mouths right along with us and have maybe some people will have some knowledge about the specific big picture that we're talking about and you know, maybe some articles will will um, be big enough to justify being on it because it touches on the big picture of our life. And I'm talking like, 
you know, just the Constitution and how it applies to us. Or what was the other one, JV? You gave me a great example. I don't know. This is, I, I'm not familiar with this now. project. That I'm, I'm waiting to hear the details of this. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um. What are you talking about? You said big picture this morning. It's the big picture stuff. We talk about the right, Constitution right. so, or okay. there's a big thing going on yeah, or yeah. yeah, yeah. More more yeah, more um big idea discussions than specific story is discussion. on fire. <laughs> the um here's the thing. The, the the name of the show is gonna be the Patriots Roundtable. It's gonna be Brit and I every Tuesday, Thursday as well. However, we will have uh guests in and, and uh, who will will share the round table with us. And we'll rotate those folks. It'll be different folks. But we will take a more in-depth look at more um, issue-oriented things, less politically news-driven things, I guess is the way to put it. It won't be driven by articles. It'll be more driven by topics. And it'll be driven by the chat room and maybe even some phone calls. Maybe we'll take phone calls, too. Oh, that's right. We're going to do that? We'll try. You got to produce Why do we have the Joker down here? What is this? What is this down here? Because we live in a clown world. Well, that is true. That is true. And the other thing I is, people, it. if you're if yeah, if you're uh, if you're on the platforms uh, other than YouTube, and you have a YouTube account, please go like that for us. Whether you watch us or not, that's fine. Uh, but we can use the numbers over there. We just we just need to get to a thousand, and then lots of stuff happens, and hopefully we can get our word out more. Um, but if you're also on YouTube watching, uh, you might want to go over to uh, either Foxhole, which is the Foxhole app, the Foxhole app and set up a little account there uh or go over to rumble we're also on rumble you can do the same thing over there because youtube will nuke us eventually it'll probably be when we hit 1002 subscribers we'll get blown off uh, of youtube but uh they're uh, they're cracking down pretty hard now and they threw out some new rules and whatnot and i don't exactly know how we should all that stuff yeah all right so <laughs> one of our uh guest panels tonight brad uh, also known as five times august is a musician he does a lot of terrific work on his uh, channel, you 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 uh, record stuff, Brad. You distribute it through social media generally. Give a, give give us an idea of how that works. How people can hear your music. Uh, yeah, you can just check out my music at fivetimesaugust.com or follow me on all the social sites: Twitter, Gab, Facebook, uh, Getter, all those things. I'm on them uh, mainly on Twitter, ranting about whatever's uh, upsetting me throughout the day. But um, written in a series of, of protest songs this year, acoustic sort of Bob Dylan inspired protest songs. And uh, uh, yeah, released uh, one of a few weeks ago talking about Joe Biden called Joe and uh, it's been going over really well. And then I just, we were talking about YouTube and um, I reissued a video uh, a few days ago for a video that was released back in April called Jesus, what happened to us. And I had a lot of, um, problems with YouTube taking down my video and deplatforming it or, or monetizing it. I made 11 different edits of it, putting up different test edits. Oh, and I finally got one through that was not demonetized right as soon as I uploaded it. And um, I was pretty proud of myself because I took that war on. I was like, I can edit this video all day, YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to keep putting it up. And so I finally got it through. So it's kind of given a second life to this track that's called Jesus, What Happened to Us. And when you when you're writing just quickly when you're writing stuff, um, is there is there a goal in mind? Do you have an intention with the music that you write? Uh, the lyrics are particularly poignant from the stuff I've heard. I mean, you really are. It's a lot of social commentary and a lot of commentary about what's happening in the world around us. Is that your goal? Yeah, right now it is. I mean, it's kind of a new thing for me. I've been writing songs for twenty years, but I, it was always always sort of middle of the road pop rock music, love songs and stuff. And then come January, I, I 
felt like I needed to sort of make a commentary on what's happening because I didn't feel like very many people were. I was waiting for all my favorite rock star musicians and songwriters to say something and um, nobody was saying anything. So I just started doing it to vent myself and, and people were connecting with it. So I just have kept it going and sort of just been commenting on the pandemic and I've got a song all about TikTokers and their insanity called Out of Your Damn Mind. And uh, just a few weeks ago, yeah, I released one um, called Joe, which was kind of about the Afghanistan debacle and just who he is as a president and how awful he is. So it's kind of fair to say that you've paved the way for other stars like Nicki Minaj to step forward and start commenting. That's right. Yeah, She nice. would not be where she is today <laughs> without me. Well, nice work, Brad. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. And we're going to, uh, by the way, I do need to mention, Elle is a real person. We know this for a fact. Um, yes. She's been having technical problems with her new camera tonight. That's why we've had this cartoon L with a cat, with her cat on the screen. But uh, that's not always the way it is. L is usually a real person, flesh and blood, in front of a camera. So, um, just so everybody knows I'm that. Actually a, I'm actually a deep fake and I'm a fed. So <laughs> there's also that. There's that too. Yeah. No. There's that too. No, I, I got oh a new boy. camera because uh, I, I do, a, I do a, a live stream now two, three nights a week. And um, I, uh, my camera that I was using before was uh, quite old and crappy and I, I should have left it uh, hooked up before I decided to just jump straight into the new camera. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I I bit off more than I could chew. I overestimated my technical abilities, which are most of my um, most of my pitfalls at this point. So yeah, I'm actually not a cartoon. I am a real life person and I'm normally show my face. <laughs> All right. So. Well, we're going to end tonight's program with one of Brad's tunes. Which one did you get, Britt? I got Joe. Oh, okay, cool. All right. All right. Well, I got Joe, the latest one. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for being with us tonight. Please, please subscribe. Please please follow. Make sure you get a backup platform if YouTube is your primary source. You need to, you're going to need to have that at some point. Thanks to Brad. Thanks to L. Thanks to all of you. And we will catch you tomorrow night for the Patriots Roundtable. I just have one thing to say. Hang on here. <laughs> <laughs> for the Taliban Hey Joe Where you going with that blood on your hands I heard you say it it was on the news You're the president the buck stops with you Now there ain't no mommy and there ain't no Wrap them up in the American flag Thirteen kids but you stopped the war And there ain't no sense going back for more Cause hey Joe We did it 81 million votes Hey Joe Where you going? Why you moving so slow? Prop you up on the TV screen, but forget your job. What flavor ice cream is that? And hey, Joe, where you going? Do you even know? 
joke Here's the deal, the country's broke You ain't no leader and you ain't the boss You wander around like you're fucking lost So check your watch, turn your back Set us up for the big attack Cause hey Joe, we did it 81 million votes So where you going with that gun in your hand? And hey Joe, where you going with all that blood on your 